Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number 32 of the Reinventure Me podcast. What role does confidence play in a successful transition? And how do you know if you've become overconfident? Well, we're going to discuss that in this episode of Reinventure Me. Welcome aboard. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm your co-host, Larry Gates, and I'm here with... Armin Asadi. Armin Asadi. How are you, Armin? I'm fantabulous. How are Fan- you? Fantabulous. That's yeah. a new word. It's going in the Urban Dictionary soon. Good. I'm going to take credit for it. I'm learning all kinds of new words. Last week, we interviewed Vivica Von Rosen about LinkedIn, and she gave me a new word, hinky. Hinky? I, yeah, well, she said Twitter or LinkedIn or somebody gets all hinky if you do things the wrong way. So it's like, okay. <laughs> One of the things you get folks here learning at Reinventure Me is all these Sniglets words. Sniglets? Are, I've never sni- heard Sniglets. Well, well sniglet, is a, sniglet is a word that's made up. You know, it's like a walkalator yeah. is a Sniglet. You know, it's... Oh, walkalator. Yeah, it's the escalators that go horizontal. You know, you get on them oh. and they just... That's called a walkalator. I just learned two new words in one <laughs> sentence. That's awesome. Well, all right. This is not a word podcast. This is the podcast <laughs> for what's next in life. And uh, we always want to be uh, checking in to see what we want to be when we grow up. And this is the podcast for helping you to discover your next beginning. Armin, I am so confident. Now, oh. mark my words. Okay. I'm so confident. I see what you're doing. That, uh, <laughs> that we're going to have a terrific show here today. I, I, I believe so. We've I put some time and energy into this one. So this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> we're talking about confidence. So if we don't enter into this with some confidence, <laughs> that, that would be a bad thing. But if we go into it too confident, that would also be a bad thing. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You'll find the show notes for this episode at reinventure.me slash 32 because we are at episode 32. And pretty soon we're going to be getting to Armin's age. Armin's what? Age. Oh, age. <laughs> I was like, what? They said did, age. Like, did what? you think I invented <laughs> a new word? <laughs> Once again, I did. No. It is my age. This is my age. Is sure? that your age? Yeah. Are you 32? This is the golden age episode. All right. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> this is the happy birthday episode to, to Armin. Although it's not his birthday, it is his age. So yeah. we have to go a long <laughs> ways from here before we get to mine. <laughs> uh, in any case, we're, we're so looking forward to sharing our thoughts with you today on this topic of confidence. We want to talk about how we can get the confidence we need to move into a new venture, especially if you're thinking about something new for your life, it's likely that you're thinking about something that's going to tax you, mm-hmm. something that's going to take you and stretch you. Uh, we are assuming if you're listening to this podcast that you're not settling for mediocrity. You're not settling for something that is less than you're currently capable of and that uh, God has designed you to do something 
even more magnificent than you have yet to achieve. And part of what we want to do, right, right Armin, on. is to help all of us overcome our fears for moving yeah. into what our next great beginning is. Right and that's going to tax us. Absolutely. So this whole confidence question is really key, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the difference between uh, going into the transition with hope or going into the transition with doubt. Mm. Uh, yeah, doubt and fear and all the stuff. And, uh, you know, we never really fully eradicate ourselves from that. There's always going to be some of it. Right. So the question is, how do you strike the balance between having enough confidence that allows you to move forward, overcome your fears, but not have so much confidence that you start to lose perspective mm -hmm. and start making bad decisions? Right. And we're going to break it down in a way that's basically saying why it's important, how to gauge it, how to raise it, or how to put it in check, depending on where you're at after you gauge it. Yeah, and I, we hope that by the time we're done with this show that we'll have felt like uh, we confidently delivered. Make <laughs> <laughs> it but, till but, you make it. <laughs> well, exactly, and I think that that tees us up nicely for our Inspire Me quote. All right, so... Uh, this is, I, I don't know how confident this guy is, but we're going to use his quote. This is a quote by uh, Woody Allen. He says, confidence is what you have before you understand the problem. <laughs> and we, we certainly have our level of confidence because we don't really have, we haven't gotten through the, the episode yet. So I'm not <laughs> sure we really fully understand the problem of confidence. Right. You know, there's a lot of research out there about confidence and there you, you'll find lots of different things that say one thing or another. We're trying to break it down into a hundred thousand foot level. Because there are some things that we all need to know about confidence, yeah. and there are some pitfalls that we can avoid. Mm -hmm. But we also think that there's some very practical things that we can do to improve confidence. Right. I think most of us that are moving into something new suffer from a lack of confidence, right? Rather than too much confidence. Although we're going to talk about both problems. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever. Well, I shouldn't say ever. I don't. I don't think I uh, walk into a group and see that the majority has the issue of overconfidence. It's usually the vice versa where it's you walk in, usually the problem is a whole lot of lack in confidence, whether it's in themselves and their ability and who they are, what they know, or whatever it might be. But it's usually lack thereof. Yeah, and you know, we talked earlier uh, off show about those people who we might think of as being overconfident are often people that have the greatest insecurities and greatest fears, and they're masking it by the display of confidence which may not be real yeah it usually comes across as arrogance more than it comes across as confidence yeah <laughs> well so why why is it do you suppose or mean let's talk about why confidence is so important well i'll say this just from experience i think when you're confident in yourself it makes people more confident in you mm. if i think in interviews that i've been interviews that i've done where i'm interviewing someone else uh people telling me something, um, any, anything it might be. The more confident you are in yourself, it, it just makes me confident in who you are, your ability, your talent, and what you're saying. I mean, I, just holistically, it makes me more confident in the person. Yeah, I uh, often tell people when they come to me and ask me about um, what does it take to be a successful consultant, I, I usually tell them there's really fundamentally two things. One is competence, because nobody will hire you if you don't have some skill that you can bring to mm -hmm. the table that's that they're needing. Uh, but the other, and I think often the more difficult is confidence. Yeah. And it, it can keep you from doing the very thing that you're really well suited to do. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I had a guy that worked for me at one time and we were looking at taking over a business practice from a partner that we had. And this guy was well suited to run this practice. I mean, just perfectly suited to a T. Yeah. But it was a big stretch. 
Hmm. And, uh, and he went home and he thought about it for several days and came back and said, I just don't think I can do this. Hmm. I felt he could. Yeah. The team felt he could. Everybody saw in him something that he didn't see in himself. Everyone but him. But huh? him. Yeah. Great. We all saw the competence, but he was fearful. Hmm. And it's unfortunate because I think it really could have been a terrific fit. It wasn't a fit for any of the rest of us to do. It was a perfect fit for him to do from, from our perspective. But in any case, uh, you know, it was one of the things that he decided he wasn't going to pursue it. And I think a lot of that was just because he didn't have the self-confidence he needed to go get it. Yeah, and I think to your point of what you're bringing up right now, it's, a, it's another thing why uh, confidence is so important. It's that self-confidence is reassuring to others. So to the subconscious mind, self-confidence equals competence. And that's kind of what you're talking yeah. about is the combination of the two is really assuring. Yeah. You don't, as I said, nobody will hire a consultant that, do, that doesn't think they can do the job. Right. <laughs> and right. so, you know, you have to have, you have to have certainly the confidence to do it. Uh, but you, you know, of course you do need the competence to do it as well. And so you might, I think the key for me is you might be missing opportunities mm. if you're fearful out of insecurity or lack of confidence that can go the other direction. We're going to talk about that in a little bit where, yeah. you know, that isn't to say that you should say you're confident to do everything. Yeah. Don't go Muhammad Ali. <laughs> the <greatest> love. <laughs> right. I could just see that sales pitch of the very insecure person going in there, doubting their competence, pitching a big company. Listen, I don't know if I can do this, but you should hire me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> Sorry, you know? what? I don't think. We can and do yet that. on the other hand is to, is to come across overly confident yeah. without a perspective of what's really at play and the risks mm -hmm. that are there, I think, or is also on the other side of it. But so there is that balance and that's part of what we want to talk about here. And that's why confidence matters in your next beginning. We have to figure out, you know, how to be appropriately confident right. and check ourselves. What, yeah. Which I, I think brings up the next part, which is kind of how, how do you, how do you gauge it? How do mm -hmm. I, how, someone like me? So if I'm asking that question, how do I find out if I'm the cocky, arrogant guy, or how do I find out if I'm the self-conscious, insecure guy? Yeah. What, what are ways that we can gauge it? Well, you know, one of the things about confidence and maybe even overconfidence or arrogance a little bit is, is that it's often more easily seen by others than by ourselves. That's very true. You know, and that one of the habits that you come up with, and in fact, I, you know, was having a a hot dog with Billy Graham one time. And we were talking about the fact that how people have to name drop. Uh, and so if you name drop, I mean, Bill Clinton came in while we were talking and, um, you know, if you're just name dropping like that, then uh, it's probably a sign that you're maybe a little bit arrogant. Um, uh, while, while we were talking, of course, he couldn't uh, take a call from, um, Bill Gates. <laughs> Because we're in the middle of a deep conversation. And Billy you just did, dropped Billy, all the Bill names that Billy, you can think Billy of. didn't want it. Yeah, Billy Clinton and Bill Gates. and The Bill trifecta. Yeah, no, you know, they didn't want to be interrupted by Bill Gates while they were talking to me. So, <laughs> so yeah, it is one of the things, and it's a subtle thing too. I mean, it's so yeah. easy to name drop because we want to be part and associated with certain people. Right. We want to borrow from their brand. Mm-hmm. And that just says something about the fact that we don't have enough confidence ourselves to right. carry our own merit. You see this in companies often where the force of an idea will be, well, I had a discussion with the CEO about this. You know, you're kind of using their collateral right. to advance your cause. Right. And, uh, and that's clearly a sign 
that maybe you're not not having the confidence that you really need to move something forward on your own. Right on, and and, and we can get into the how how to use it appropriately and how not to use it appropriately, but it's probably not the episode for that. But just letting people know that there is a way to use it appropriately, like talking about leadership. Yeah, you decide to quote John Maxwell, obviously appropriate, but not the case here. Here's another thing I think is a good way of gauging confidence mm. is eye contact. Yes. Have you ever heard of the term being D1'd? No. You've never heard is that of a new new word I should write down? Ah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe this is my generation thing. So there's this thing we call being D1'd, right? It's uh, say I, I see you and I'm walking up to you and uh, I'm, uh, you know, we're already saying hi as we're walking up to each other and I go to shake your hand and then all of a sudden I start looking behind you Oh, and I realize there's somebody more important than you <laughs> and I, I graze your hand and go right past you and go and, to the... So what's the D1? I don't so get D1, that. So D1, that's based off of sport recruiters. Oh. So say you're... Like, like Jerry Maguire. <laughs> yeah, like you're a D2 player and I see okay. you and I still need to recruit D2 players for my D2 colleges and I see you and I think, oh, hey, and then all of a sudden I see a D1 player. Gotcha. Then I just think, can you get out of my way yeah. <laughs> to get to the D1 guy? Yeah, you know, and there, there's maybe just some social cues and miscues and things like that, but I, I have been in parties, and I know I've done this myself, where you're talking to somebody, but you're also kind of keeping an eye around the room, mm-hmm. and you know when you don't have that eye contact. Yeah, that there the other person's not important. Yeah, and and I, and I think that kind of sometimes leads to the overconfident thing, where it's like I, I know how important I am. I know you're not that important, and so I'm yeah. going to look around to find someone on my yep. level. And I and I think that could be a sign of, you know, maybe on the little on the overconfident side of things, mm-hmm. and then you got the opposite side where it's. You're not you're not looking past. You're not looking around. You're just insecure. So you're you get awkward or from making direct eye contact. So you do the whole looking down, looking at the shoulder, looking at the forehead, looking yeah. at anything but the eyes. It's kind of a sign, just saying I'm a little insecure. Yeah. Well, the eyes are the window of the soul. As I've Jesus heard that. Said, yeah. Right. And yeah. uh, and I think there is something to be said about being able to just stare at somebody's stare. I'm just saying, looking <laughs> into their eyes. Glare. <laughs> yeah, looking into their eyes in a way that says you're connecting with them as a mm-hmm. as a fellow human, mm-hmm. and that uh, you you don't have anything to be ashamed of, and you you have something to offer. Right. Well, another thing that you can take a look at uh, is to gauge your level of self confidence is really how you respond to your own ideas. You know, are your ideas either better or worse than somebody else's? Right. And and when you can put your idea out there in a way that you're open and receptive to input about them and you're willing to to receive critique about them, yeah. uh, that shows confidence in yourself. Yeah. You don't have to think that you're going to fall apart if somebody has a bad word to say about you. Right. If there's a, if you ever have a leader or a boss that always thinks his ideas are better than everyone else's, good trick of the trade. Make your idea feel like it's his idea, and you always get your ideas passed. Well, or almost always, depending on how the boss feels about himself. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Touche. So here's another one. Um, if you have an answer for everything or hardly ever have an ha- answer, those are two ways of figuring out. Are you overconfident or underconfident? Mm-hmm. If you always think you have the answer for all things, Probably a sign that you're a little on the hmm, cocky side, more than even overconfident. But if you always doubt that the answer you have is the correct one and you never speak up, that's probably a sign that you're more on the insecure side because it's very unlikely that you don't have an answer for anything. You've lived life. You've had enough experiences. 
you know some stuff. You know, I remember when I started work at Cray Research, I was so fascinated by the number of people there that were really bright. I mean, just mm-hmm. absolutely stratospherically bright people. I never considered yeah. myself that way. So I'm in these leadership meetings and I have a thought or a question and I find myself hesitant to raise my hand, mm. you know, like in grade school. I find it, I'm hesitant to even speak out and address something. You know, it's, mm. it's like the proverb that says, you know, better to have your mouth shut and be thought wise than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. You know? <laughs> and so I was, I was a fearful mm. uh, and definitely not confident. Right. You know, and then I think we've all had the experiences of being around people who've also had to be the smartest person in the room. Right. They could not take any input from others. They would talk down to others. They would equally dismiss their ideas because they needed to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. So neither of those are very good. Right. All right. And then one last one before we go to the next section is if you blame someone else, arrogant people can't fess up to their own mistakes. And then insecure people tend to think everything is their fault. You got to find the balance. If you're if you're always blaming other people, you're probably on the other arrogant side. And if you're always taking blame, you're probably on the insecure side. There's got to be balance for you to be right in that middle of ground, which is the confidence side. But now that we're in a place that we we can gauge ourselves, so we know where we lie on the spectrum of confident, or arrogant, or insecure. So say that we figure out that we are more on the insecure side. How would we raise our confidence up? Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the things that I think keeps many of us from getting those opportunities is we need to have a little bit more confidence than we have. I mean, some of us are probably overconfident, but you're not likely listening to this episode if you are. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. But if we look at very simple things we can do to increase our confidence, and of course, one of them is just to continue to practice, practice, practice in the area that you're trying to gain competence in. Because the more we have opportunities to do something. So if you want to be a writer, the more times you spend writing something, even if it's never published, the more confidence you get with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more times you speak, if you want to be a public speaker, the more you can feel uh, confident with it. Well, another way that we can raise our, our self-confidence too is just by focusing not on the problems, but on the solutions. Now, it seems like a very simple thing to say, but often nearly all the time when we're lacking confidence is because we've had some failure in the past. Mm -hmm. We've tried something and it didn't go well. And so we're a little bit skittish about going out and, and, and trying it again. But if we start to view our past failures as experiments Mm -hmm. and how did those experiments go? Well, they failed, but in any good scientific experiment, you learn something about that failure and you can take that forward. And so the more, problems you solve, Mm -hmm. the more experiments you have, Mm -hmm. the more you're able to take a look at what worked and what didn't work. And you can gain some confidence just by learning from that. But you have to have a learning mindset. Yeah. It takes us back to our earlier episode about having a a growth mindset. Right. And if you don't have that growth mindset, if you're not thinking about the experiences that you have as opportunities for learning for your next experience, Mm -hmm. then you will miss out. Yeah, I can't agree with that more. I think the more you can focus on the solution every time you get a problem, 
the better you'll get at solving problems. It'll just become faster and faster. And I think a good sign of you're becoming a solutionist, I just created a word, do you, like, you like that? Uh, rather than just someone who dwells on the problem, is problems become op- opportunities to you. Every time something comes in front of you, you just think, here's another opportunity for me to conquer something. I yeah, think as, that's a great sign. Someone once said, there are no problems, only opportunities, Amen. some of which are insurmountable. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I can't agree with you more, though, on that. Yeah. So another way to just get more confidence in your life is, frankly, just to set some goals and achieve them and celebrate them and, and make them small. Don't make them big, right. heavy things. Yes. You know, if you can win on small steps, you remember that movie, What About Bob? You know, baby I, steps, I, I, you know? I think I was a baby. When I, was. <laughs> I think you were too. <laughs> but the whole point of just find something you can take some small steps in. Mm-hmm. And what that does is when you are successful in any small thing, your brain emits a neurotransmitter called dopamine and you feel good when you have dopamine. It makes you feel better about yourself, more capable of doing things and success begets success. Yes. When you go for a walk or exercise, your Mm -hmm. brain releases dopamine as well. So if you're just feeling sluggish and you're feeling like you don't have the confidence you need, sometimes maybe you just need to do a little bit of exercise now, that isn't to say that you could be like the guy who sleeps in the uh, hotel room and wakes up the next day and can be a neurosurgeon because he got a good night's sleep. But there is something to be said about having good exercise and just taking some small steps toward a goal. Yeah. You know, we talked about this on earlier episodes, Armin, but another way that we can increase our self-confidence. I don't think we linked it to self-confidence so much, but I think we linked it to just good mental health and maintaining a positive mental energy for what we have to do, which is really confidence, isn't it? Is having gratitude and practicing gratitude and having that, that sense of why we're here and being appreciative about what we're facing. Even if what we're facing is daunting and scary and all the rest, if we can find the good in it and be practicing gratitude, I think that helps increase our confidence. I think the important side of gratitude is that the more grateful you can be, it changes the people around you. Mm -hmm. If you're the person who's constantly grateful and you're constantly appreciative, even if the people around you aren't, if it's a consistent habit that you have or a consistent behavior that you have, people actually begin to reciprocate it more and more with you. And the reason that's important for confidence is that the more grateful people are towards you and the more appreciative that people become towards you, the more confident it makes you because the more you hear thank you or the more that you hear, hey, Larry, I really appreciate you, it really does boost the person's confidence. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I mean, it sounds selfish, but at the same time, it is selfless. It's it's probably one of the most attractive traits a human being can have. Oh, I think we all kind. enjoy being around people that are grateful rather than those who are not. Right. And confident people, truly, genuinely confident people are grateful people. Yep. But I think the last thing, maybe overarching all of this with respect to having confidence is really this idea that we should have confidence because God has a plan for you. He created you. Right on. He created you for a purpose. He mm-hmm. cr- equipped you with a personality mm-hmm. and the ability to, to cultivate skills and mm-hmm. uh, passions and mm-hmm. energy, and, and he's gifted you with a mission. And all those things are there to strengthen you. Created in his image. Created in his image. And Max Lucado has a great line. He says, fear corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. Mm. 
And when we're not confident people, we're fearful people. And we're not then confident in the fact that God is good and he's, his goodness is for us as people. Those are really good ways of raising and boosting our confidence if we lack it. So for assuming the smaller population out there that has the opposite problem of overconfidence, uh, what are ways that we could put our confidence in check? Well, you know, whether you're overconfident right now, yeah, uh, you will get overconfident. Now, there's just no two ways about it. Yeah. So what I want to talk about here in this segment of our show is about how do we guard ourselves so that we're making good decisions that are born out of appropriate, healthy level of confidence and not overconfidence. Hmm. Because I think overconfidence is really when we start to accumulate a blind spot mm-hmm. and other people might see it and we don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like my when my wife sees it in me. <laughs> Well, you know, when, when (laughs) overconfident people unrealistically appraise their chances of success, yeah, they believe that success is inevitable because of who they are. Yeah. And as opposed to there's outside factors that may not have anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. And so when, when they experience failure, Mm -hmm. then it hits even more to the core. Yeah. And they have to rationalize and justify it. My wife thought I was very overconfident in the courting process, but now I just think I was actually just confident because I married her. So, <laughs> well, you knew a good thing when you saw it, so you went with it full bore, right? Oh yeah, it was definitely full bore. Now, get this: overconfidence increases in a, in ways that you might not expect. Now, Maria Konnikova wrote a book called Mastermind: How to Think Like Sherlock Holmes. I really enjoyed reading this book, but she points out that overconfidence increases when we have more information. See, the more information we have about something, the more our confidence increases, even if that information is not directly related to the decision. We just think that it's somehow tied to the decision, and we just think a preponderance of information must somehow make it helpful. Uh, The other thing that might increase our confidence and make us overconfident, frankly, is more experience. We talked about needing to boost your confidence by practicing and having experience. But frankly, the downside of that is that it increases our odds that we're going to become overconfident as well. So we have to be careful about that because as our past experience increases, so does our our overconfidence. And we start to believe that we're capable of things that we're not, and we start to underestimate the for, the outside forces that mm-hmm. might be uh, acting against us. Then the third thing she points out that can work against us to create overconfidence is, is more action. So you got more information, more experience, and the more we act on something, the more we engage in a specific action just by moving into it, the more mm-hmm. confident we get. Now that's all natural, but it, there becomes a tipping point. And that tipping point comes when we're no longer able to realistically assess mm. our chances of success in an area. Mm. And when we lose that perspective, that's when we become overconfident. Okay. So the question is, how do you check your levels of confidence? So I want to I suggest there's three questions that we can ask ourselves when we're going through anything and a new transition is important or a new skill that we're developing. And one is, are we continuing to push ourselves to learn? And we've talked about this quite a bit in, in past episodes, how to be a great beginner. And one of the marks of overconfidence is unteachability. You know that, and people that you've seen are mean, that are of confidence or arrogant people. You can't teach them a thing. Mm-hmm. 
And so, question for us is: Do we are we keeping ourselves teachable? Yeah. Are you the eternal student? Yes. Second, uh, are you seeking advice from others, even in areas that you're quite certain about? One of the things that's hard is that we have to maintain a, a certain level of humility mm-hmm. <laughs> that says other people can speak into my life, even in an area that I might consider myself to be an expert in. Or even if you don't like it. Yeah, because there's always something we can learn. Mm-hmm. Right. And back to the previous question, and then. Third, are you practicing the discipline to think slowly? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that confidence does is it acquires skills and efficiency and effectiveness, and we start moving through decision-making very, very quickly based on our experiences. But what ends up happening is we might make an important decision too quickly because we're overconfident. And Robert Sternberg, the great Yale uh, psychologist and researcher in intelligence, said that intelligence is being able to know when to think and act quickly and when to think and act slowly. Mm. And if we're always acting quickly, you know, we're perhaps being overconfident. So three things that we can do to check your level of confidence. Are we still a lifelong learner? Are we seeking advice from others? And are we taking the time to think slowly about our situations? Yeah. I, th- I think we've covered it as in depthly as we could in one episode, even though we can make this a six episode series if we wanted to. So we know how to gauge it. We know how to put it in check. We know how to raise it. So I, I think this is the best way for us to wrap this up is to put a challenge me out there. Very good. Great. So we even talked about having more self-confidence and what that would look like. So our challenge me for you is to write out five things you would do if you had more self-confidence. And uh, if you can push through it and see if you can even come up with more than that. But I think writing it out would be a great challenge. And I think it would give you a great perspective on what you would do if you did have it. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today's episode. And we hope that you take on that challenge and, and let us know. Leave us a comment on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 32 or even better, uh, write a review on iTunes and let us know how we did. You can find that at reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. We want to thank Becky Perspaca for her excellent review on iTunes. She says, the podcast on linear thinking rocked my world. As an HR professional, I'm passionate about coaching individuals and discovering their strengths and then putting those strengths into action professionally and personally. I work with many individuals who get stuck in the action component because of desiring to follow concrete steps, one, then two, then three. But it's not just people I coach, but also myself who get stuck in this pattern. And this podcast put words to those feelings. Thank you. Thanks for listening to that episode uh, and writing a review on it, Becky. We so much appreciate it. That was episode 29. And and for any of you that uh, want to leave us your, your comments. We certainly do love to hear about them. Uh, you can also leave us a question or comment at 612-314-5440 or join our discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash reinventureme. Well, we thank you for being with us on this episode. We look forward to being with you next week again on another edition of Reinventure Me. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.